I really tried to believe that, but I gotta tell you, the longer you live, the more you look around, the more you realize something is fucked up. Something is wrong here. War, disease, death, destruction, hunger, filth, poverty, torture, crime, corruption, and the ice capades. Something is definitely wrong. at the mirror crack from my bloody fist looking for some putty to clean up the ugly silly mess stressing from the weight of shoulders buckling beneath the stone i'm leaving home and entering the world to each his own it's such a perfect mess of passive masochism rhythm i wrote an album about it including system step one step one it starts at the scene step two torn step three destruction of your dreams the final step is the spreading of disease of the soul that is spreading through our teens let us breathe we need a vaccine but not injected in our veins cause that shit is just as bad as all the causes to our veins in our brains, pinching on our nerves, it's like we're giving extensive pressure to see who is the first person to burst. Welcome to the life of a rotten apple dream. Tell me what you like a slice. There's something in the water, something in the well. There's something always missing, and it's missing in ourselves. I wish that I could help. Starting with my songs, but I gotta let you know. Something is wrong. There's something in the water, something in the well. There's something always missing, and it's missing in ourselves. I wish that I could help. Starting with my songs, but I gotta let you know. Something is wrong. Uh, welcome to Wednesday Night Musical Osmosis, where intelligent dissonant thought meets melodic euphonious reality. I am your musically magnanimous host, Nick the Saucy One Catsaurus, broadcasting to you live, as always, from the shadow of Hurricane Mountain, Tennessee. And I also want to introduce my percussively proficient drum um, co-host, calling in all the way from Charm City, Maryland, my pal Odell Norman. Norman. What's up? What's up? <laughs> What's I was thinking What's about Psycho today when I was Uh-oh. thinking about you. Norman, what's That's happening it. in Charm City? It's been a couple weeks since we've been on air with you. Uh, nothing much. It's been pretty quiet so far, you know. We got another another police commissioner here, so, uh, you know, we'll see how that all goes. <laughs> yeah, lawsuits on top of lawsuits on top of lawsuits, right? Oh, you you know that. You know that. I'm surprised Baltimore isn't fucking broke by now. Oh, dude, it's it's amazing. It's amazing. They can they can uh they can give money who they want to. Of course, it doesn't go to the schools or anything, but they'll 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 find some uh unique things here, if you will. Yeah, I love how cops fuck up, and then you can't do anything to them criminally, so people sue them, and then it gets paid by the city, which comes out of your tax dollar. Oh so you're yeah, paying for the cops to kick your own ass. Exactly, exactly, and it, and. You, you live in Baltimore City. The with a fucking ball gag in your mouth. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like, and the taxes keep going up here too, man. So, yeah, those cops need their military gear. All oh, right, so let's jump right into um, a story tonight that I sent you. I don't know if you watched all two hours of that Atlanta Expo that Vinny Vincent did. I'm sure you read the article. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Man, let I know. me tell you if anybody has ever been screwed up, and this guy hasn't spoken about any of this in 20 years and i don't know why is the time i think some dude like spent eight months trying to track him down and finally okay. did and i guess he was like after 20 years i'm breaking the silence yeah but how like how much horrible shit has this dude had to put up with i know isn't that crazy and in the in the the wild thing was it was so ironic that you sent me this um this uh article because i i watched this documentary called hitman 
on uh, Netflix, and it's all about session musicians and how basically a lot of the, the biggest albums that you've listened to or have heard or famous parts that have been done on these albums have been done by, you know, session musicians, not actually guys in the band. And, um, and it's amazing some of the stories that you hear about how, you know, they, 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 they didn't get paid for certain things or um, the way the rights were pulled out. It, it, you know, they barely, you know, when it was all said and done, it was basically, they just got pennies. Um, you had the, like the, the band that backed like Billy Joel, how he basically just like dumped them once the big music company was like, Hey, you need to go a different direction. And basically how like the drummer who, you know, stood by him the whole time, pretty much just got hosed. The guitarist got hosed out of it. So when I read this, I was just like, yeah, sounds very, very similar. But I mean, it wasn't just that. It's everything that has happened to this guy. And I remember yeah. when I was a young, sprite little headbanger um, at 13, 14 years old watching Kiss videos. And I would watch Vinnie Vincent, and this was on the Lick It Up album, and he would do these videos where it would be like Eric Carr and Gene Simmons and um, who is it, Paul Stanley. Paul they would Stanley, all be yeah. Like, yeah, standing on one side of the screen, all three of them like walking through a fucking fire or something. And mm-hmm. Vinnie Vincent would be like 20 feet away, like scraggling. Like they didn't even want the dude standing next to him. They hated his nope. guy so much. No, yeah. I mean, and you I, could and... see it. Even back then in my little adolescent headbanger mind, I was like, holy shit, Kiss hates this dude. Yeah, yeah. And he and he was a and he was such an integral part of the band. It's 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 sad. It's really really sad when you when you read and you hear the the just his interview. It's just like man, this guy really got drugged through the ringer. I will say though, instead of any Vincent evasion, he should have called his band Vinny Vincent Five Fifty a week because he yeah. said that about thirty <laughs> times. Five fifty yeah. a week. I made five fifty a week. That's all I, I made five fifty a week. That's that's it. It reminded me of the guy from South Park. Like, and then I gave him fifty dollar. Remember that guy? <laughs> yeah. Like oh yeah. Grandfather or something. It, he just <laughs> said it so many times. It felt so bad. And I'm glad he's finally getting out there and getting his story told. I read a book. Um, I think it was like a year ago about Benedict Arnold. And of course, right. Benedict Arnold. You say that name, and you're like traitor. But traitor. Yeah. Like he's infamous for that. But when you read the book and get the whole story, like he was getting fucked by. He got screwed. He got screwed. That's the thing. People don't realize that from the if you read that book, there's some documentaries out there that I watched online about that. And and he was just like, what am I supposed to do? Like, I've done everything right. And you're just hosing me because I am not this particular person that you want me to be. So what is he supposed to do? It was just like. This dude did everything you you were supposed to do, everything. and he still everything. A fucking book, and they were yeah. sending him on like suicide missions, and he was still yep. coming back taking hills he was never supposed to take. Ethan yep. Allen was taking all the fucking credit for everything. All he the did. credit. Then all the, the British credit. come to him and sweet talk him into getting information out of him in this, and they promise he can jump ship and join their military, and then they fucked him, and then the yep. guy dies broke. Alone, I mean, I think he only did about five years. They dropped like the death penalty and um, treason charges, but he yeah. died alone and like a blank gravestone, no military funeral, nothing. And it mm-hmm. got me to thinking like, you have so many characters in fiction, like Doctor Doom, not the fucking cheesy Fantastic Four movie version, 
but the right. real version of like how he was some kid and they burned his mom for being a witch and his dad yep. the king killed him because he couldn't like heal his wife who was eaten up with cancer and like i mean dr doom had a very hard life and he became the ruler of Laveria. and even though he was a villain who wanted to take over the world he was like really a benevolent leader of that tiny mm -hmm. country and all these russian countries were trying to take him over and shit and you just see these Shakespearean tragic like people, and you just wonder when you read the shit about Benedict Arnold or you see this Vinnie Vincent interview, are these cats like destined just to get kicked in the face by the universe? That's what it, that's what these it's, dudes do. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like what what do you do? What am what 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 am I supposed to do after this? You know, I'm destitute. I don't have money. Um, I've, I, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing everybody reap the benefits of what I've done. And you're just like, man, it, it, it's, you know, some people are, you know, well, it happens and other people know not everybody takes it the same way. And, and uh, it's yeah, it, people too, man. Nietzsche was the same. That guy died like yeah. fucking insane and broke and he yeah. had health problems like at any time, like 10 ailments at a time, all kinds of fucked up ear issues, stomach issues. I mean, no wonder he went mad in the end, but he was yeah. brilliant. Oh, yeah. and, he, and, you know, we're still reading the guy's books today, but exactly. he died not knowing um, that anybody was ever going to know who he was after he died. Exactly. Baskowitz yep. the same way. The artist, Baskowitz. There's so yep. many characters like that throughout history, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, look at all the artists that, you know, you have you have really huge musicians that have taken people's work and never gave them credit for it. And, and, and these people, you, you, you hear about these stories of how they just die alone or they tragically, they, they fall to like addiction or, or, you know, depressing thoughts. And meanwhile, their music or their influence on people, uh, you know, those particular pe persons, they end up blowing up and becoming legendary and come to find out that none of it was theirs. That's what, that's what makes you know, a person like Dolly Parton, for example. So I have the utmost respect for like her because. Oh yeah. I live right down the street from Dollywood, not even an yeah. hour. And she um, put yeah. a lot of money into Gatlinburg and Pigeon Forge when those fires happened about. A yeah. Year ago. Yeah. And it's amazing because there was a time when, you know, she, a lot of people don't realize how good of a songwriter she truly was and how many hits she really wrote. And she said it, for example, she, I forget which song it was, but like Elvis wanted the song. So like he, you know, they invited Dolly to come in and um, initially it was supposed to be her and Elvis recording together. And then when she got to the studio, I mean, and this was when she was really young and just an up, up and come, she's like, oh my gosh, I'm getting ready to record with Elvis. They get there and they're like, well, no, actually Elvis, uh, you're not going to record with Elvis and we also want the song. Oh um, man. Yeah, yeah, and the colonel was, like, was no joke. That guy was fucking yeah, useless too. Yeah, and he, and he was like, and she was like, "No, you're not getting this song." I, I can't. I, I wish I could remember what song it was. It was a, a really huge song for her, and um, and she was like, "No," and he was like, "You know, I can make you and break you in 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 Nashville." And he was, she was like, "Well, I'll just take my chances," and and boom, she yeah, well, the rest is history. Wow. I need but to know it was, more about Dolly Parton lives so close. I'm kind of ashamed of myself. I haven't like looked into her more. Yeah, you're talking about a rebel. That's a she was she was one of the first. Yeah, easily. Well, you know what I always say, dude. People are gonna know like what I've done because I've been doing some kind of creative endeavor for 20 years, and I'm and I'm gonna die stupid, right? I'm either gonna get hit by like a <laughs> fucking ice cream truck or a bookmobile, and then like a hundred <laughs> years after I die, someone's gonna discover my shit. But I'm never there gonna is. get like <laughs> 
recognition in, <laughs> in, in this reality. All right, we got to move on and get our guest in here. D, what do we got coming up on the show? We have D's got... giving me like the digital stink eye again. I am. We always ramble. <laughs> we have got 10 tons of things coming on. Um, and of course, if you miss any little part of tonight's episode or just want to check out some of our other episodes, blogs, vlogs, every little thing we do, you can go, and this is really easy, just go to your address bar, type in www.tincan.media and hit enter. That's Wait, I'm writing this down. TinCanMedia.com. No, you do this every time. TinCan.media, hit enter, boom, ah. there you go. Um, and also, we are in the middle of our Kickstarter for the most amazing children's book on the planet. Okay, I'm a little bit biased. Just It'll get read 100 <laughs> years after I get hit by a bookmobile. Uh, no, but we, we're in the middle of the Kickstarter. If you want to see what it's all about, and trust me, it's it's great. It's a little sapling who's afraid of the dark and meets a lightning bug, of course, of all things. Just head over to Kickstarter and look up Edward, um, or Edward, a perfect children's book. Oh. Or, of course, go to our Tin Can Media Facebook page, any of our Facebook pages. There, It's everywhere. I'm so excited about this book. <laughs> I've actually decided that I will, in fact, even if the book doesn't get published, but I really hope it does, um, I am going to do an audiobook version of this. Um, You've got that sweet D Maven voice. <laughs> I'm going to do an audiobook version, regardless of if it gets released, because I just really think it's an important story. Okay, uh, Wednesday, the 7th of this month or next month, we have our 50th episode of Musical Osmosis, of course, with Derek Baker from Drongos for Europe. Then on the 11th, on the funny thing about politics, we're going to have author of Meet the Deplorables, Harmon Leon. And the same day, we are having our 75th Kettle of Fish episode with one of the most amazing designers on the planet, Mr. Bobby Love. He is oh, fantabulous. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then on the 18th, we are actually having a Kettle of Fish doubleheader. We're going to have artist and animator Leah Shore. And then after that, we're going to have comedian Eliza Skinner, who you've probably seen on a bunch of late night TV. Um, and Finally, a comedian I said we're having on the show. And you're like, oh, my God, really? I know her. Yeah, I totally know who that is. <laughs> Um, then Wednesday the 21st, we are actually going to have a funny thing about politics with actor James Morrison. Um, we've had a little bit of scheduling conflicts with him. He does live in California where all this stuff happened. So we're finally going to get him on. Uh, then the 25th, we are going to have Kettle of Fish with actor David Lander, a.k.a. Squiggy from Laverne and Shirley. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Pepper Incorporated, baby. Yes. And then on March 18th, way out there uh we're gonna have the funny thing about politics from the filmmaker who brought you brainwashing of my dad jen senko and if you haven't seen the brainwashing of my dad um you will see firsthand what watching too much fox news and yes listening to a Rush very Limbaugh kind benevolent man falls deep yep. into a fox hate hole but and there is hope it can be undone just watch the brainwashing of my dad. Um, I think what's it on Netflix, Amazon, uh, um, Amazon. There you go. Um, you got to watch it. It's amazing. So lots and lots of stuff coming up. Remember tin can dot media, go to our Kickstarter, Edward. It's, it's adorable. We've actually got the amazing super ugly doing the art for us. Assuming we reach yeah. goal. Um, he does some really, really great stuff for kids books and other stuff. And it's just, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Right on. And who do we have on tonight, Dee? Oh, my gosh. So when you told me you were going to have 
tonight's guest, I was a little like, hey, wait a minute. I know that. I know that. Um, so... Yeah, you hate 90% of my music. But you actually <laughs> like this band and this performer, I should I say. I do, um, because it's just, I, I don't know. Like, I've, I've had the song in my head for days. So tonight, we have the awesomeness behind Apollo Sun. I'm so excited. Apollo Sun, how you doing, sir? Hello, Nick. How are you, sir? I am groovy. I want to thank you so much for calling in today. I have a feeling we're going to learn a lot from each other. Indeed. Thank you guys for having me on tonight. I appreciate it. Yeah, we're excited. Not a and problem. I, let me kind of start with this, because I found you the same way that I pretty much find any new music that I get turned on to nowadays. I go through YouTube and I just start clicking. And I'm not sure if you and Odell would agree with this, but as I'm checking out like all these indie and underground rock bands and punk bands and even folk bands, like the groups that always resonate with me, the ones I think that are the most honest, like stellar, powerful, are always like the rap artists. And I started thinking about it and I really feel like the digital age like serves or at least gives access and showcases the rap community much more than any other musical community. I mean, it really seems to be like a natural symbiotic relationship between rap and social media. Do you kind of feel the same way? Oh, for sure. I mean, rap in its essence is built on poetry for starters. So yes. I feel that because the thing is, when you're an MC and you're trying to make music and you're trying to put things out there in a creative way, you have to fight harder as opposed to somebody that plays the guitar or somebody that plays a piano or can sing, right? Because we have things kind of against us from the door, right? So we may not necessarily have the, uh, the cadence chops that other people might have. So when they sing, you know, if, if, somebody, if somebody shows up in your life and sings like Mariah Carey, for example, you're going to instantly be blown away. Not necessarily because of the shit that's coming out of her mouth, but because, like, you're like, man, she, she's hitting very, like, wild-ass notes and things that I don't necessarily understand from my level of perception, right? So as an MC, you, you have to fight for everything that it is that you earn. You have mm -hmm. to fight to gain respect. You have to fight to gain um, acknowledgement as a musician without having a piano in front of you or without having a, a, a vocal tone that has been trained through, you know, whether it be schooling or, or whatever sort of pop music machine that cranks you out and shits you out into the world. You know what I mean? You, you mm -hmm. really need to rely on your words and what's coming out of your mouth. So I, I feel that from the door as an MC, you know, we're kind of, um, we're, we kind of have the, the, the deck stacked against us. Um, so in order to make up for that, we have to get stronger with our content. At least those that... Those Most definitely. And that's the essence of hip-hop anyways, too, right? That's basically, right. That's, so I mean, it all started from, I mean, even if you go back into the mid-70s, that's where it's, it was all about the, the MC and who was the best oh, yeah. MC who could get the party started. And then it went into, you know, actually more meaningful uh, messaging um, right. as, as an MC. Yeah. I mean, it was totally, it was a combination of, of helping to raise the vibe of your parties. Mm -hmm. And then it also is it, at the same time was a, 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 a social commentary of sorts. Right. So, 
you know, people wanted to speak on the conditions of their community in addition to raising the bar so we can feel alleviated from the pain that is tied to our particular communities and express it in a positive way, you know, so that's, that's kind of the essence of hip hop. Um, but let me rewind I, here real quick before we get too sure. far away, because you used a very interesting word in the beginning, poet. And I've been reading a lot of your blogs online, and I know you've done spoken word, and I know you've published a book. Do you consider yourself a poet? When you're up there, are you a poet who happens to have a beat behind him? Or are you a musician that just gets on the mic and tries to have as much passion and depth as possible? Do you consider one or the other? Or do you just not even think in those terms? Um, I consider myself to be a human being with a lot of shit to say. <laughs> so I don't, <laughs> right on. I don't, I can't really, I can't really say that I'm, I'm anything really. I'm just trying to, uh, express myself from the perspective of how I experience life. And it just so ha listen, man, if I could sing, if I could sing like, you know, like whatever, what it, in, insert whatever lead singer from what, whatever band that just gives you goosebumps when they speak. If I could sing like that to express myself, I would, but I can't. Okay. So my, my mm. voice doesn't, my, my voice doesn't operate in that way. So my only goal when I, when I put words to paper, regardless of the outcome, regardless of, of what the song turns into my, I only have one goal and that is to, touch upon the listener that is hearing those words and to help them raise their vibration to be a better version of themselves than they were yesterday. I'm not that here is to a hurt good goal. people. Right. I'm not here to hurt people. I'm not here to bring people down. I, I say a lot of negative shit when I write songs. I understand that. But, mm -hmm. but it's because I'm trying to show people that there's things that I experience on a deeper level than other people and I'm trying to help them. So when they come to that, which is, that's a whole, I mean, really that's a whole other conversation, but um, I want to help being help to be a guiding force in people's lives because this, this planet, this earth and everything upon it, we're struggling, you know, as people, right. as a species, we're struggling and I'm not here to, I'm not here to put words onto a record to cause you to question whether or not you're beautiful. I'm not here to put record, you know, words on a record to cause you whether or not, you know, thinking whether or not you're having a good time for your, for your existence. I'm not that guy. You know, you, you see all these people out there now that are like, um, the, all these like little this and little that, and, or as they like to call it lil, but all right. these little, they're, little things that I, I don't, I'm, you know, every, every time I hear that kind of shit, you know what I always ask? I was like, what's the big version of you? <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. Where people are like, you know, I'm Lil this and I'm Lil that. Didn't like, little okay, Bow Wow so have to change his name to just Bow Wow now or something? Yeah. Yeah, because I think his voice, yeah, like his voice dropped an octave or some shit. So he was like, you know what? I'm not so little anymore. You know, right, right. You're fucking a... pigeonholing yeah. yourself by doing that, too. <laughs> right, so it's right. a dumb business so, move. By all means, from from a marketing standpoint, right? If we're looking at at, at the 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 hip hop scene or rap scene or whatever you want to call it, right? From a from a standpoint that's the outside looking in, these these people that are creating this music, 
it's no different than what was being done 20 years ago. It's exactly. no different than like, you know, from when I was, you know, I'm, I'm 34 years old. Okay. So when I was in, in the nineties and stuff, you had like, um, you know, you had all your traditional quote unquote pop type rap. Like you had your, your, uh, master P's and that whole like no limit records and all that shit that they were trying to do. And then you had like people like juvenile and you had mace and you had put, you know, P Diddy or whatever the hell his name is nowadays that, you know, they, mm -hmm. they, they, cre they created like that, that same vibe 20 years ago. It's just changing and it looks different now. It's really the same content. It's really the same shit. They're saying the same nonsense. And they're, and, and these are the people. Yeah, it's just packaging. Right, right, right. Right, it's a product on the shelf. It's really no different than like going and picking out a camcorder or a, or a new tablet. You right. So you have mm -hmm. you go out and you look at and you and you see you go okay. I'm gonna look at little this, little that, little this, little that. It's all the same shit. It's just designed in a way that resonates with your bodily frequency, so that when you hear it, it resonates in with you in a way that makes sense. It doesn't matter what's coming out of their mouths. All that matters is that the beat sounds cool and the yep. shit that sounds that comes out of their mouth is works in a rhythm that makes sense with my body's rhythm. You know, they gotcha. could they could they could walk around and, and just talk about they could talk about whatever insane shit. I mean, you've heard all the song I mean you guys you guys know what's out there, right? So there's mm -hmm. there's all these songs out there with all this stupid ass bullshit that's breaking down people at a very core level and we listen to it. And we go, ooh, well, you know, that's cool because the beat. But, but people don't look into the reason why that beat resonates with them. A vast majority of the pop music that's out there nowadays, you can actually dictate, you can actually go into that pop music, right? Extract those notes, extract those chords, and pull them back to a very short amount of, of chords and notes that are specifically designed to trigger reactions in children, right? Wow. So they're... they're at a time, are you guys familiar with the thing called the brown note? And it is a funny, it's funny because it's called the brown note, but it does have a serious backstory. Uh -huh. I, I think I've heard it in passing, but I don't know the story behind it. <laughs> All right, so the brown note is a frequency that is so low in nature, right, that it can cause you to shit yourself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I've heard that. Right, they, yeah. they, tried to deter, they, they tried to transmit it into a weapon throughout, you know, whatever, whatever war or, or conflict America or anybody else is you know, that they're in at that time, but they tried to, to develop a weapon that if you point it at somebody and you pull a trigger, and a, a metaphorical trigger, if you will, it'll cause them to shit themselves, right? And throw up and vomit and pee and Jeez, do all these things. That sonic weapon. Doing, right? So you're, right, exactly. It's a sonic weapon. What's it doing? It's controlling your psyche. It's controlling who you are as an individual. So pop music in general... Everybody has it. They have that song where they're like, I hate that shit. You hear that song and you hate it, right? Yeah. You don't know why you hate it, but you know that you do hate it, but you still find yourself saying those, saying those words, those key words in that. And the reason for that is, is because those songs are designed to resonate with the frequencies that all human existence operates on. So well, that's why I'm a lyric person. And Odell, we talk about this all the time. It's all about lyrics to me. Um, I get into bands. I got into uh, Apollo's Son. I get into all the rap groups because of the lyrics. And it's like something can be drawn beautifully. 
and I'm a big comic book guy. I have thousands of comics at my house. But if it was like 20 issues of Spider-Man saying, pull my finger, or like fucking Hulk knits, and he knits a fucking sweater for 20, you know, pages, I wouldn't care yeah. no matter how good the art was. Like, it has to be the content. And that's why I go on YouTube, and I go on the, all these back channels, and I look at all these underground bands... And mm-hmm. I hear them, and I go, I mean, how many times have I said this on air to a band? Why the fuck aren't you a household name? And I just feel like everything, I don't know you that well, but everything that makes, I know you're a passionate person, I know you're a deep person, I know you you are thinking constantly, but I feel like the things that make people like you creative are also the things that hold them back, because you're not driven by money, and you're not like, I'm going to go in here and have this business savvy and just like market myself like fucking Pepsi Cola. So do you feel like the things that make you a great artist are also the things that are holding you back on the business side? Oh, for sure. Yeah, man. If you're if you're if you're if we're looking at this from a, a fiat currency perspective, money, right? Mm. So we're looking at this yeah. from the standpoint of of trying to accumulate paper money to you know uh, flourish in your life. Yes. Yes. I am hurting myself because the fact that I'm aware of like, for example, the, the, the chords and things like that, that resonate with people. If I'm aware of that, don't you think that I would be using that as a tool when I write my songs to resonate with people so I can get them hooked, even if they don't want to be hooked. Yep. Artistic integrity, exactly. man. It'll yeah. chop your you know fucking knees out from you every time. Well, that's what blows right. my mind. And, uh, and, and, um, like I went over to uh, I went over to England uh, back in June, and mm-hmm. you go to any club like in between the sets of the band, and they're playing hip hop like, but they're not playing like the hip hop you hear here, like you, you're talking about on the pop stations. They're playing stuff. I'm like, oh snap! I didn't even know that person had another album out, or I didn't. Even, I haven't heard this song. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's it's amazing yeah. how it's just different. It's it's it, and it, you, you hit it right on the head. It's like. Well, they're yeah, not right. capitalist as obsessed like we are over here. I mean, they yeah, just yeah. like they don't have fucking Reaganomics over here. They don't say, "Hey, push all the money to the top and let them rain down their benevolence on us." They're not exactly. obsessed with the fucking capitalism run amok like it is over here. It's right. it's wild. I was just like, "Holy cow!" You know, just the just to bounce off of that. What do you prefer? Actually, do you do you prefer spoken word or do you, or are you more do you like getting into the studio and having a beat behind you and 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 going that um, way yeah i like both really i mean well i don't want to say i like any of it per, per mm-hmm. se because i'm not necessarily doing it i mean there is a there is if we're being honest yes i do it because i enjoy doing it for myself right. but in, in reality the, the truth of the matter is i'm not i'm doing this shit because i feel like i'm fucking crazy okay <laughs> on a daily basis i feel like i'm a crazy a crazy human being who doesn't know anything about anything in this world, right? But I do mm-hmm. my best with what I have and the tools and the skills that I'm given. So I feel. Do you feel crazier all- the older you get? Because I feel more insane the older I get instead of figuring the shit out more the older I get. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. As as things progress in my existence, as age goes, like I have what what do they call it? Uh, with your hair on the front, I have a widow's peak now. You know what I mean? Like right. I'm growing like hair. I'm growing like hair in my ears and shit now. I don't exactly know where this is coming from, but you know, I am getting older physically, but in in terms of my soul, 
You know, I've been this way since I was 20 years old, man. I've been this way since I was 13 years old. By the age of 13, I was diagnosed uh, with OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, right, where I would spend a vast majority of my time in a bedroom by myself, you know, with no friends, everybody saying I'm a weirdo and shit, saying I'm this, saying I'm that. But as time went on, I realized that there is nobody out there that is, quote, unquote, better than me, above me or below me. Doesn't matter what their financial state is. Doesn't matter where they stand in society. There's nobody above or below me. It's all just an illusion, man. We're all the same. We are all the same. I'm not better than anybody that I'm speaking uh, to right now. Y'all ain't better than me. We're, we're all of the same. I think point. when you're talking about like a baseline, like if that's just the everyday person, but there's a lot of fucking hate mongers out there, and I'm sorry, I'm better than a Nazi. I'm just better sure. than that fucking dude, you know? <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> now, I can respect that. See, I can respect that part. Mm-hmm. For sure, mm-hmm. but at the but at the same time, um, I also believe in humility and being humble in all states. Because the thing is, you don't necessarily know somebody is a Nazi until you actually hear them say it. Or yeah, but I've them... seen people out there who mm-hmm. are white supremacists and they love it. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and they're pieces of shit, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, everything, and nobody has an excuse, right? Like, anybody can say, I came from this background or I came from this background, and that might dictate your circumstances or that might dictate your emotional status and how well or not well you're able to deal with things, but you have to fucking choose to hate. You have to wake up every morning and go, I'm going to go out here, I'm going to to propagate hate i'm going to get online i'm going to spew hate everywhere i'm miserable and instead of me trying to rise to the occasion and pull myself up i just want to be toxic and destroy everybody around me i can't respect somebody like that and i agree with you i i I do agree with you on Mm -hmm. that standpoint you know i i grew up in a household where i didn't have a bad childhood but you know what my dad did Right. He, right. He was at the right. You know, he grew up in he grew up in the projects of my community. He grew up in a in a he grew up uh, in York, where I'm from. You know, in the 70s and things like that. And even prior to that, they had a series of uh, race riots. You know, between uh, Caucasian individuals. And, and this is York, PA, uh, not New York, so the listeners don't get confused. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. So you know, and my father grew up through all that, and he made a choice, like you said, Nick. He made a choice that he was not going to raise his children up in with that type of perspective, that that. type of perspective that sees these, whether it be these differences or growing up in a community that he, he made it a point. And my dad grew up hard, man. I'm talking, I don't, you know, a lot of people say, well, people are a victim of circumstance or they, they had no control over that or this, that my father, my father should not be alive right now. Okay. So he mm-hmm. made he made a conscious decision on his own, and I'm not saying I understand that people there are people out there that have nothing that they can do to help better their lives. But my dad made it a point to change his life in order for his children to grow up in a safer space than what he did. So I don't have the same scars on my motherfucking brain when I wake up every morning that he has, and I'm thankful yeah, my, for that. My folks did that too. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I think it's important. You know, I, you I always have a choice. So. 
I mean, I remember some right. um, college girl I was working with once tried to trap me, and she's like, hey, I've got this philosophical question um, for my class. If you were stuck in a cave and you had a stick of dynamite, and like, would you just blow up the guy in front of you and there was water seeping into the cave and filling the cave up? Would you just blow up the guy in front of you or would you drown with both of you? And I was like, no, there's always a third fucking option. I'd, I'd dig a hole and put the dynamite down in it and try to blow a hole downward to make the water go down. You're thinking like, right. like laterally. You should be thinking three dimensionally. You should be thinking beyond these two choices. I don't accept those two choices. So the whole premise right. is flawed to start with. And I think a lot of people say it has to be this way or that way. This is what the political duopoly is all about. You, you know, they, they act like a third party is an anomaly. I never even heard the word binary choice to this last election because nobody yeah, right. even wanted to fucking talk about you have a choice beyond these two horrible candidates. They just wanted to shove you in to box A or box B. So they're like, rah, rah, binary choice, binary choice. I didn't even know what that was into this past election. And it's a constant yeah. manipulation being beamed into right. your fucking head twenty four seven. Well, that's just that's just the that's just the realm that we live in nowadays. As far as you know, you're talking about like pop music, and you know you can go to any state, you can go to any whatever, and the formats for the radio are the same. It's just a different location. Like I, I, I my my folks live down in uh, uh, North Carolina now. They retire and move down there. And we can literally drive down, you know, hit, you know, come from Baltimore, head on down, get to D.C. Stations are the same format as they are in Baltimore. Hit Richmond, the stations are the same as they are in D.C. and Baltimore. Hit BFE, the boonies, uh, somewhere in the sticks as we're driving down. And the stations are still the same. And it's just like, man, and it's the same, like you said, it's the mm-hmm. same music. It's the same beats. It's exactly it's the, the same. same. It's exactly it, the same. It's like, proven that yeah, 80% and of radio stations like, have the same rotation. The same exact same. rotation. How messed up uh, is that? Because they're all, that's because that's they're all owned by the same people. Right? All the same you know people. I mean? those, yeah, those playlists are getting shipped all over the country because those record labels that are marketing those individual artists are paying those radio stations to play that particular artist. The chessboard in which we are... Right. The chessboard in which we exist on is not is not catered towards people with talent. It's catered no. towards oh, people no. with money, period. As apparent by the guests that we have on this show that I go down that YouTube rabbit hole and find, and I'm always blown away. I hear your stuff, and I'm like, this. I should go scream this from the fucking mountaintop. Everybody should be listening to this. But like you said, uh, because it doesn't have that you know popular beat that's going to drive into them, what's even the point? Yeah. Right. Well, well that, you that, can't make yeah. money. You can't make money off of people that are healthy. You can't make money off of people that are, are finding the higher versions of themselves. Amen to that. You make money off of people that are struggling. You make money off of people that don't know what to do with themselves, so they spend it on booze. They spend it on drugs. They spend it on all sorts of shit to sidetrack them from who You don't they even are. have to go down that hole. You could just say video games. Or, you know, buying a bigger TV because they're sitting there one day empty and they're like, why do I only have a 26-inch TV? I, sh- I deserve right. a 32-inch TV. Well, and, and, you know, and you know this, uh, you know this, um, how it works, uh, William. It's like, you know, you go into, like, I live in Baltimore City. I do not know how many mobile phone places there are in the hood. I mean, everywhere you go, there's a mobile phone place or a liquor store or a mobile phone place mm-hmm. and a oh, bail bond store. Cashing. 
there or check out. I'm like, man, there is nothing. Around. I'm like, people are struggling here, but yet they still got cell phone service. It's like, it's not, it blow. It, it's crazy. And it, and I yeah. think, like you said, as I get older and I start, uh, um, really, you know, especially when you have kids and you start seeing their future instead of looking at just you. And like, like the other day when I went to, uh, I went to a thing at my church in the evening and our, and the pastor was talking about, you know, like he's really strong in the Baltimore and he's like, you know, the city needs like a social revolution. And he was talking about, he's like, I'm not talking about violence. I'm not talking about carrying things out, but he was just like, it needs to start from the ground up instead of the top down because reform just changes little things, but it's still the same crooked people. It's still the same crooked business that's going on. It's just different faces. But he was like, yeah. you know, so I asked him, I was like, how do you start by it? I said, where do, where do you start with a social revolution? And he was like, to be honest with you. And he was like, I hate to say this. He was like, boycott every business in Baltimore city. He was like, if people literally stop buying crap in this city, those people would listen. He was like, kids, you know, that's you what don't Ferguson have... should have done. Something like, yeah. He was like, if there's two, like they had, they had like 2000 more people. They had 2000 more outstanding warrants in Ferguson than people that fucking lived in Ferguson. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and I'm too nuts. afraid and was... to leave my house. I won't leave my yeah. house. Nobody buy anything. Shut the city down. Yeah. And that's what he was saying. He was like, he was telling, he was telling his kid because he has um, five kids. And at the time when like the Freddie Gray stuff happened and all the kids were like posting when they were going to walk out of the schools and all this stuff, he was like, he, the first thing he told him was like, first and foremost, y'all shouldn't even ever even posted that stuff because the schools are listening to that. They see that stuff. So they're just going to cater right around that and get you guys to yell and scream for a little bit and then funnel you all right back into the school. He's like, y'all should have just walked out. Everybody should have just got up, walked out. He was like the same way with the heating system. You know, there's no way schools should be not having heat. He was like, if those kids in the high schools and middle schools were like, you know what? And the teachers were like, I'm not doing this anymore and just walk out. And we like, we're not coming back into these schools until they're fixed. I guarantee you they would be fixed. But he was like, no one wants to take that leap because it's just, you know, they, everybody gets told the right things for a little bit and it gets quelled and then it goes, moves on to the next door. Well, and you make a good point, Adele. Let me ask you this, Apollo. Um, with the way things are with, you know, just the toxicity of social media and the hateful divided politics and this administration, just one outrage after another, is this impacting? I know you've got a new album coming out and we're going to talk about that in a minute, but is this impacting your writing? Because I don't see your music as negative. I actually see it as pretty optimistic. Is this influencing your writing? Is this new album going to be a lot darker just because of where we are in this point of history? Um, I mean, I will definitely, there, there will be commentary on the current state of things as I always do in my own, you know, person. That's why I mesh like the poetic part of it. You might not right. necessarily hear it in the way that makes traditional sense, but it's definitely in there. Um, I don't necessarily know if it'll, it'll take me to a darker place. Everything that I write is uh, personal to me in my own darkness. It has nothing to do with um, I'm very narrow-minded in that way, and I'm trying to work mm -hmm. on that to become a little more like worldly, if you will. But um, most of the songs I write, no, actually every song that I write, is from a personal experience from you know some aspect of my life. And um, so, regardless of what the administration is, or regardless of of 
of what political powers are are swinging the you know the the metaphorical pendulum in whatever direction they choose to do so while they're in power i'm still right. going to i'm i'm still writing from the standpoint of like they don't fucking exist <laughs> because wow. i don't believe in i don't believe in them mm-hmm. um you know i'll i'll it influences me in a sense because i care about every human being on earth right and i know right. that the government is bigger than just me and they impact people that might might not necessarily have the perspective that i have like me by nature right if you want to ask me a uh, uh, in terms of what I am by a political belief, I'm what is known as an anarchist, and that doesn't mean that that doesn't mean that I want chaos on the streets. Right, that right. Just mean, that just means that I believe in not being governed by a higher authority on this physical plane. I do mm-hmm. not feel that there is any human being that should have any sort of say over my existence. I know that not everybody is ready for that. I understand that there. But are we're also in there. a place now, though. Where I think I read that it went up from 2% and it's up to 15% of Americans now believe the world is flat. You've got sitting senators coming out saying there's a secret skull and bone society within the FBI that is planning a coup on Donald Trump. And you have people just running in every direction and they're believing they're believing shit on Monday and then they're believing the opposite on Tuesday. And then they're believing something else crazy on Wednesday. Like, their thoughts aren't even consistent. Yeah. They're just so, so flipped out and running everywhere. How does that not seep into the personal? Because we're in a totally different, like, a, a different existence. I'll read a Facebook thread yeah. on my memories from yeah. 2011. Or look at a photo album from 2011. And I'm like, I live in a different fucking reality. Like, if I was in a coma for 100 years. Like, yeah, things are yeah, for me, so different now. Right. No, for me personally, see, the thing is, you got to view it from the source of what it really is. And what is it? It's a form of control. It's a form of programming. They're trying to program how you think and perceive the world. Imagine if the television... It seems like they're trying to make us all insane. Because I knew a lot of people that were pretty sane, and now they're just pissed off all the time and just insane. They don't even know why they're pissed off. They're pissed off on Monday about Eminem singing a song, and they're pissed off on Tuesday about waffles, and then they're pissed off Thursday about cars. I mean, they're just pissed off, and they're all over the place. They're not sane anymore. Right, but they're still spending money, though, right? Yeah. Absolutely, on guns. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, and but survival. They're still, but they're right, but they're still buying shit. You know what I mean? They're still out there supporting that world of things. You know, I I I hear what you're saying, and I understand what you're saying. And for me personally, there there comes a time where you it, it's programming. It, it's really programming. So television, we television is they call it programming. Television shows are programming. So every time we look at that screen, it's telling us who we are. It's telling us what to believe. It's telling us what we need to do. When we listen to music on this, at the same time, you know, it's telling us who we are. It's telling us what to do. Look at somebody like Nicki Minaj, right? A female MC, quote unquote MC, when you should mm-hmm. really be listening to like Lauren fucking Hill. If you want to listen mm-hmm. to, if you want to, if you want to talk about female MCs, right? In terms of the current scenario, and you want to talk about people that are contributing and taking away from. And we want physical examples so anybody, anybody that listens can understand that. Nicki Minaj takes away. Lauren Hill provides. Yep. That, so we can under, just so we can under, you know, all understand that and be on the same page. 
Well, let me take you over here then. As an artist, how do you break that code of how to cut through that fucking insane chatter and get a message out there that is going to wake people up? Because once again, we we live in a society where we are bombarded with information coming from everywhere. And who the hell, I mean, dude, we do a lot of research, especially for our political show, and it takes up the majority of my free time. Average cat, I, I'm lucky I get to work from home and I don't have like a crippling nine to five type job. But the average guy that's going out there and busting his ass all day and coming home exhausted, depleted mentally, exhausted physically, how is that guy going to jump on the internet and research for four or five hours a night to figure out what's going on? And how do you get your message to him in a way he'll understand it beyond tapping his feet? Uh, <laughs> that's a very good question. Both of those are very good questions. Um, in terms of getting it to that, well, first of all, to address the you, you mentioned that how is somebody that's just trying to get through the day is going to hear something like that? Is that what the question was? How, yeah. I mean, how are they going to have the energy to go out and research um, and not just hear something and go, oh, my God, this must be true. I heard it on this channel. I heard it right, on this channel. Yeah. It doesn't matter what direction it's coming from. I mean, I find myself buying into stuff. And then after I do some research, I find out, oh, my God, I can't even believe I believe this. This was total bullshit. So, and I'm a guy who has time to research things. How does somebody who has mm-hmm. no physical or mental capacity right. Right, to right. research so, things wake up? Right. So they get up, they get up super early, they come home, and then they have obligations at their home life that tie them into the evening. And then by that, the time that that's done, they have to go to bed and go up and, and, and get up and do it all over again. Correct? Yep. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right. So, right which is what a vast majority of our people, at least in this particular country, face. You know, it's not like that everywhere, but here for some reason we fucking think that that's how it should be, which is wrong in itself. Manifest destiny in the American dream. It's encoded on our fucking DNA. That's why we do that. Right. I hear you. I hear you. So this person, you know, I don't know the answer to that question, the first question. Now, the second part of the question in terms of how to get them to hear individuals that, that, that might sound like, you know, similar content to what I do is right. you really just need to have a really loud mouth <laughs> and I don't have a loud <laughs> mouth. So I don't, I, I do, I do the songs and then I like put them out there and hope for the best. And I might, you know, I'll get little, I'll get like little pushes here and there where I get super excited and shit. And I'm like, you know what, man, I can fucking do this. And I am going to build this dream and I am going to do all this crazy shit. And then I get all into it. And when I get into it, that's when like wild stuff happens. Like, you know, for example, in 2000, it was either 06 or 07, a song that I had collaborated with a few other artists on called finding sunshine which is about being a single mother um, yeah that's a great we, song too man <laughs> by thank the way you, man. I'm glad you get, mm-hmm. thank you thank you that song was actually the the melody to that song was actually written when we were drunk <laughs> we were we were I, I had i had like a house party and we were drunk and like we were like yeah we feel that shit but i always see i was raised by um women I mean, I have my dad who's in my life and I have a, I have a brother, but I, I essentially, I was raised by women. I have been influenced by the feminine my whole life. So I have a deep rooted respect for what the, the, the womanly being is. It also gets me into a lot of trouble because I'm super passionate too. So like, if I get into fights with women, it gets fucking, it gets crazy. Like what's <laughs> it's, 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 it's crazy because 
It's very, it's a very heated argument, but nonetheless, I also have a deep rooted respect for that. And that's how I was raised. So I offer a different perspective, you know, in terms of when I'm communicating ideas. So a lot of people that are like not seeking more to their lives, when they hear people like me, I do one of two things. One of two things happen that anytime anybody hears one of my songs, they either really enjoy it or, you know, they enjoy what I'm doing or they don't ever want to hear me ever again. I know that feeling. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So they're so, either like, yeah, man, it's, the pe- it's normally the people that are on the verge of waking up from the bullshit that they've been fed their whole lives, and then it's the people that are really stuck in the bullshit that they've been fed their whole lives, and when yeah. I say to them, hey, there's another way out there, it doesn't have to be that way, they're like, fuck you, motherfucker. Why are you impacting my world? It's been my and experience. People hate people who make them think. I that's have it. dealt with it that makes my feel, life. Makes them think, makes them feel uncomfortable, makes them, yep. like like you said, makes them actually pull the veil off their eyes and look at the whole picture. They and, and like bubbles and fucking magic tricks. That's all they that's like. It. Yeah, that's it. That's cool. all they want. That's, cause, that's it. That's because no, no adult wants to wake up and go, you know what, I've been fucking lied to my whole life. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody wants to admit that, you know what I mean? But, the, but then the people that do admit it, the people that point it out, we're the ones that are the problem. I agree. But the thing is, again, it comes back down to programming. When mm-hmm. you're programmed to believe, it tie, everything in life. I mean, look at, that, like, look at something like Facebook nowadays. And I'm, I don't know, I, this has to have happened to both of you at some point. You could talk about something in the, the quote-unquote real world with people that are in your, you know, your close proximity. And then... Two hours later, that shit shows up on a Facebook news feed as an ad talking about the shit you were just oh. talking about with someone in public. Oh, yeah. Oh, Let me my tell God. you what that, happened to me. You know what I'm talking about, right? I don't want to monopolize yeah. oh, the yeah. show, but I've got to tell this fucking story. I saw a, a TV ad for the show Happen Leonard. And I was like, oh, man, this show looks cool. Never had heard of it. Never had Googled it. Never Googled any of the actors involved in it. Never did anything. Went to On Demand. There was only six episodes for the first season. Binge watched all six um, episodes. I swear to you, I came and sat down on my computer and on my fucking side scroll on Facebook was Happen Leonard. Buy, buy yeah, this Happen Leonard thing. Check out this. And I was like, Jesus Christ, I just was watching this. This can't be a coincidence that they're trying to sell me ha- like Happen Leonard stuff now or trying to get me mm-hmm. to sign up for this platform to watch Happen Leonard. There's no way out of the billion shows that exist, this is a coincidence. So oh. this is where we are, man. All right, we got to talk. We got to get out of here. So we've got to talk about the new album. I want to okay, read something, about- a part of something you posted the other day about the album, because I think it's the best endorsement for an album I've ever heard in my fucking life. You had sure. said, putting out a new record this year, we're going to talk about being thrown into the metaphorical snow, how much of a hypocrite I am, but that's okay, because we all are. We're going to talk about the cliffs we try not to fall off of, um, taking back control of our lives, growing because we can't spend our lives digging holes, letting toxic shit go, that's a hard one for me, and gaining a deeper understanding of who we are, all in 10 songs. Looking forward to sharing it with you. Hopefully it'll be therapeutic for you. No copay or insurance needed. And you're coming with such a deep perspective and such a personalized perspective of, it's kind of like what we all go through, but you're just being so open and honest about it. It seems like it's got to take a lot of energy to put yourself out there like that. Because most people I know would never post something like that, even about something they were passionate about. 
Yeah, I mean, it gets me into a lot of trouble, man. It really does. It gets me <laughs> in my life. It, it, it gets me yeah, into I all bet. sorts of bizarre shit. And um, there's a lot of people that will say that. Why do you talk about these things? Why do you talk about these things? Why do you bring these things up? And I just say to people, it's because you don't. Right. Somebody's got to fill that, you know, nature abhors a vacuum. And if nobody's yeah, out there talking, you, somebody has to. Right. Don't get mad at me because I am the pendulum from the other direction. Exactly. You know I mean? we, we're, we, we've swung in a certain direction long enough. I'm one of those people that, hear, that is here to go, well, why? And, and, and people don't have to like me for that, and that's okay. But unfortunately for everyone involved, that doesn't, that's who I am. I have a lot to say about very important things, yep. and I feel like I need to speak them out at all times. So the new record, I, I don't know what I'm going to call it yet. Hey, I was going to ask you yet. if it had a name, what you were allowed to talk about, or what you could talk about, because you don't want to, you mean, know, no spoilers. What can you tell us about no. I mean, I've had, through my whole life, I always had, I, I made a couple different records, and my newest record, I was going to call, like, I don't know, there, there's all these up and downs, but I'm, I'm most recently settled on something to the effect of, it can get better. So, the, the, the record is implying that, like, no matter how bad the shit gets, no matter how ingrained into our culture, all this bullshit that's out there or into our souls and our romantic relationships and everything that surrounds us. Like the shit can get better, man. We can make a choice every single day to determine whether or not tomorrow is going to look better than it fucking did today. You know, yeah. and today looks like yeah. shit. So we yeah. got to get up tomorrow and we got to do better because if we don't, I'm not trying to live in a pile of dog shit my whole life, man. I've already done it for 30-some years. I ain't doing that shit no more. So that's what the record's about. My first couple records that I put out, I was, I was incredibly upset with myself and the, the decisions that I made. But the new record that I'm putting out now is like, you know what? I'm going to be an adult about this record. I'm going to push away the things that don't make sense. I'm going to pull in the things that, make, that, that do make sense. And I'm going to make a motherfucking record about it. And it's going to come out. That's powerful, everybody, And I'm going to put it on vinyl because I never put an album out on vinyl. And damn it, I want to put something out on vinyl. And then, and that's what it is. That's what the album's going to be. So people can either continue to, they can continue to do what they're doing and ignore me like they always have. And that's okay. Or the dedicated people that need me as much as I need them will hear what I have to say. They'll listen to it. They'll bring it in. And it will help their lives get better. I'm not, I'm not trying to change a million lives. I'm only trying to change one. But you we know, are. Well, but let me go back to this. And we got to get out of here real soon. But I've got to hit on this. Because sure. I read an article in Ask Away. And, and it was almost five years to the day. It was January of 2013. And Ellen had asked you, she was like, where do you see yourself in five years? Which now it is five years. And you said, I hope to be a better person than I am today. I hope mm -hmm. to have more smiles and to share that in, and to share and influence others to share smiles with others. Is it mission accomplished or do you feel like things have gotten even more toxic and heated out there? Where you've, we've all kind of we've all have kind of taken a step backwards. Yeah, I think it really depends on who you ask about me. Well, I'm asking <laughs> you personally. How do you feel? Have you accomplished that mission? Uh, yes and no. There's the part that that I don't, but I'll never be satisfied. That's why I'm always striving for for more in terms of my soul, psychologically. I'm not talking about material things. Yeah, but, definitely. <laughs> so. 
Um, but in terms of just on a general basis, I would say that I'm on my way, you know, at my job where I work, my, my, my formal job where I make money to, to, you know, keep me paying bills. To sustain bills your creativity is how I look at it for me. Right. Right. So that part of my life, every morning I actually lead a group of people in the, in the form of like an opening meeting for the entire day. And I let them all know at the end of that meeting that I think they're all beautiful. Nice. You know, I don't just say, there you I'm, go. I'm, I'm, I'm in the front of a group of people that are, you know, prime and privy to like more of a, they're, they're at work. And I say to them, I'm like, nah, fuck that. You're beautiful. I don't care if you're at work or not. You are an individual human being who deserves to be here and you should not have a bad day simply because you have to give your time to somebody that is not you. You're beautiful. Thank you for showing up. And those are the types, that's my approach to my existence. I try to tell everybody that is close to me as much as I can, how much they care, how much I care about them and how much they mean to me, because I don't ever want anybody around me that's near me to feel like they are alone. That is my only goal because I know how alone I feel that causes me to be a writer in the first place. I write because mm -hmm. I feel fucking alone. That's, that's, that's the bottom line. I don't write because I had some, like, something come to me in the middle of the night and I feel like I'm dope and I feel like I'm all these things. Nah, man. I write because I need fucking therapy. And writing is what helps me to sort through my bullshit so we can all have a better life together with Billy existing in it. <laughs> and that's my there truth. There you go. And I'm, and I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm, not say, I'm not trying to get on a pedestal or any of those things. But I, I just think it's very important to make those things clear about in terms of uh, of what I do from a musician. So I am I am here for others. Well, that's what makes you stand apart, though, and that's what made you connect with me. And it's all about the connection, right? Either people are going to yeah. throw in with a fad and just dance along to any beat that's spun on that record player, or or you're going to make connections. And I guarantee you, you're making more fucking actual connections with people. And I don't even know who's big now. Maroon Five is that still a thing? You know what I'm saying? Like you're. Making more connection than those fucking dudes yeah, or whoever's know. on the radio now. They may have more fans, but you have more connections with people. And at mm -hmm. the end of the day, yeah. what else could you want other than that? Right. I can shake every person's hand that listens to my music and know who they are. You know right, what I mean? Right. I can walk up. I, I can communicate with people and say, listen, what's going on with you? Do you need help? And, and address them directly if I have to. You know, as That's opposed important. to being like somebody who's like, who's Eminem, who whatever, you know, whatever millions of records that he pushed, like he's walking out and he's seeing all those people out there and he's just putting these words out there. He don't know any of those motherfuckers. How does he know the, the person that has a lighter up in the back of the motherfucking room? You know what I mean? They know him, exactly. but he doesn't know them. Me, I make myself available to anybody that has an interest in what I'm doing because I'm not here again, back to the, the beginning. You know, I know you guys are going to get out of here, but, um, I'm not, I'm not here to make somebody feel like they're below me. I'm here to help people, period. And, and if there's anything I can leave with you guys tonight is that that's what I'm here for, and I hope that you find a way in your life to help others around you too, man, because that's, if we want to see any of this world change, if we want to see all this bullshit end that's going on with all of our people, everyone's people, we have to be better to each other. Yeah, I could not agree you know, more with I've, that. So that's where. But I here's I got the deal, that. though. Here's <laughs> how you got to think of it. You made a connection with me. 
I I heard your music. I brought Dee in the room. I was like, hey, listen to this track. I put it in my iPod, or not even an iPod. It's a generic MP3 player I have in the car. I play it in the car. The kids hear it. Everybody hears your music. I'm just a guy who happens to have a podcast. But if there's me that you made a connection with, think how many others heard you on YouTube and you made a connection with them. People you don't even know exist. And that's a powerful thing. So, I mean, that's that's the thing you've got to hang on to. And that's the thing I try to hang on to. Not the millions of people that aren't going to hear this podcast, but the fans that we have that look forward to listening to Music Osmosis every week. Or every other week. Right, Odell? Yeah. We have no idea who's heard us. I've run into random people who have heard of stuff that I've done. And I've been like, really? You've heard of me? And it's so (laughs) fucking foreign to me because, I mean, I'm not living in a mansion. I'm not even making any money off this. So it's it's a weird idea. So you, like, you probably think you have less of a voice than you do. I'm betting that probably a lot more people are affected by your music, by your lyrics, by your voice than even you know of. I mean... That's <laughs> it's it's a humbling statement to even think about something like that. And, <laughs> you know, I'm glad I'm glad that it is definitely wild. You know, when you run into somebody that 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 hears you out, just like the like you said, Nick, the way we connected, man. And I, I'm thankful for that. Yeah, that, definitely. That right there. That's like you said. You know, I, I'm not even making any money off. Of we didn't. None of us showed up here tonight for money, and that's what I exactly. Like. Yeah, yeah, we'd be mighty disappointed up. if we did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. But in general, you know, we're here because we want to be, right? Yeah, exactly. we want to make connections. We want to have a conversation. And that, and that right there, that makes my night a success. I'm a rich man, and I'm thankful for the time that you guys spent with me tonight. And, you know, I hope we can do it again sometime soon. Absolutely. Oh, definitely. You um, know that get you out of here tell everybody where they can find you online and um we didn't even really hit on it is there a release date for the album or is everything still a work in progress no no anytime i anytime somebody asks me about the album i like to i throw like this little hardcore thing at them i'm like it'll be it'll come out when it's done yeah (laughs) so but it will be done in 2018 right yes yes yeah that's the goal that's the it's my year goal they get out on vinyl. If you want to hear any of my music, uh, you can just go to apollosun.com. That's all like one word. I know you guys will probably, you say you're going to post like a link, right? Oh, yeah. We always post a link. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, apollosun.com. Um, my music is all over YouTube. It's on Bandcamp and all that stuff. Um, so, other than that, I mean, just check the music out. I do have to send, I, I, I was informed that I was being listened to by a, a young gentleman uh, that I got to give a shout out to. Uh, I just wanted to say, what's up to Little P? So, uh, not Lil P, but Little P. <laughs> I, I, I was about to say something snarky, and I was like, oh, definitely have you back as soon as you get that album out i want to have you back I'm, i really wanted to play something new on the show tonight so gotta have you back so we can play something new yeah man anytime let me know dude i, I love to talk i love to communicate and anytime there's an opportunity to do it with people that are like-minded or whatever i'm all for it man we could talk for two hours i don't care whatever you want right on i'm good right. man don't tempt out of here
We're going to play um, another song off your last album, Fallen Becomes Great. We got so caught up talking, I didn't get to play the April Musing song. So we're just going to play the other favorite song of mine off of Fallen Becomes Great. And we'll be back here in two weeks with Derek Baker. Thanks again, Apollo. Thank you, guys. Have a good night. Thank you. Check one, two. Everybody has a story. My story. Check it out. Check it out. Rhymes at 13, I would tap my feet beneath my desk in class when the teacher would speak. It rarely reached me. I guess the hands were too short. Wrote the woo beats while puffing a new board. It felt so good, like a joint a new sport. Said my hometown confused as New York. Around this time, I started to get sick. Like the car or low on the dipstick. I lost everything, including my friends. Thought I had stomach cancer. I wish it would end. Turns out I had acid reflux and stress. And OCD destroying my flesh. Spending here at therapy, tame my disease. High school love came, left me weak in the knees and graduated. Now, what should I do? Well, stick around, y'all, and see how I grew. It goes. And it was a test, so I wrote the happy masochist cause I was a mess. It led me to the tears that inspired my rust, and then my seams ripped open, tied and such. And the ropes picked up by a demon like touch. I never seen such hate where the face of love. I turned against my parents, family, and loved ones. Codependent, and I couldn't see what the drugs done. And I'm not talking about the kind you smoke, I'm talking about a four letter word when you elope. It's like your heart is a gear, and when it is broken, you're wounded on state game lands for poaching. But anyway, I'm not good at the love thing break a lot of shit and i ran out of duct tape but one day i will meet my stress on the road last traveled unravel the sunset So where we leave off, ah, uh, yes, the sunset, it sounds so nice, but my plight ain't done yet. I signed a lease and moved out of my home, I thought, move the heart, pain leaves you alone. I was so wrong, boarded up in my room, so many damn locks, you'd swear I was doomed. I take long-ass drives up towards extended with the substance in my lap, I befriended. Gonna say, don't drink and drive, but at the time in my life, I wanted to die. But don't get it twisted, now I'm doing fine. I'm paying off debts and freeing my mind. I stand on my feet and I let them leave. Flow with the water to the ocean it feeds. And I swear to the earth, this is my decree. I took off the locks and now I'm finally free.